Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of the Faith to Go podcast, your one-stop shop for everything you need to have faith discussions throughout your week with your friends and with your family. My name is David Tremaine. I'm the Minister of Formation at Good Samaritan Episcopal Church in San Diego. And I'm Charlotte Pressler, and I'm the Youth Commissioner for the Episcopal Diocese of San Diego. And I'm Alex Howard. I am a member of the Board of Advisors at Camp Stevens, and I have a passion for youth ministry. All right, and welcome, everybody, to this week's episode of the Faith to Go podcast. The week leading up to Sunday, September 13th, proper 19th. And it's something else really important, David. It may be the week leading up to September 13th and, you know, proper 19, but it is something else really, really big. Yeah, and I totally would have forgotten. I just just told you about it, and I was going to forget about (laughs) it. (laughs) This is our 150th Faith to Go podcast, our sesquicentennial, yes. Maybe I'll add a sound effect like a fireworks or something. I don't actually know if Excellent. I can do that. Um, just pretend like there's fireworks going off and confetti sounds, uh, like when you send that special kind of message on your phone. Um, so 150 episodes of the Faith to Go podcast. The sesquicentennial. Yes. Um, this is our gala episode, Yes. right? Yes, there's a silent auction going on as we speak. <laughs> That's why you can't hear it. Uh, and we Very invite silent. you to send your bids, you know, to <laughs> email us your bids. Anyway, happy 150th uh, Faith to Go podcast, everybody. We thank you all for being along on this journey. If you've listened to all 150 episodes, you will receive our gratitude. So thanks. Um, <laughs> and we are excited to welcome on this 150th episode, uh, Alex Howard. Thank you, Alex, for being here. Uh, would you just share a little bit more about yourself, about your ministry context, what you do in the diocese, what you do in your life? Just just fill us oh, in. Boy. What, what do you want those people are, to know? Are, well, thank you very, very much for having me. Um, that's a big, big question. Mm-hmm. Um, um, I am, by definition, a, a born-again Episcopalian. Uh, <laughs> so um, St. Paul's. As you, you mentioned, that's that's my spiritual home. Um, I have worked in uh, children and youth ministry in previous years, and I now have the honor of serving on the board of advisors at Camp Stevens, mm-hmm. which is a tremendous gift because it's my favorite place in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, and yes, if you haven't been, please go. Yeah. Um, you know, my life these days. Um, Every day is Blur's Day. Mm-hmm. That's what my daughter tells me. <laughs> um, my sweet husband is a teacher, and he is in the next room online on a similar call. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. And we have an 11-year-old who is going into sixth grade at our dining room table. Right. So uh, it's it's we're all adaptable, yeah. and it's all good. It's all crazy. And so I think that might mean that part of your ministry involves a lot of grace and a lot of patience. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there could be more. Um. <laughs> Probably a lot of IT and tutoring as well, is my guess. <laughs> awesome. Strange times. Yeah, strange weird. times, my friends. Yeah. Well, we're so happy you're here. Thank you for being here. And our second question we always ask our guest every week is, would you tell us where you saw God in this past week of your life? I would love to. Um, so the only, only place I, I've really gone on the regular in the last six months 
has been the grocery store down the street. Mm-hmm. And um, I love our grocery store cashiers. They're, they're my buddies. They, I know them by name. Um, and some of them know mine. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, and their job has been so incredibly difficult in the last six months. And uh, one, I, I have a, a bit of a peeve with human beings who don't put the cart back in the stall. Uh-huh. It kind of tells me everything I need to know about your personal character. Um, <laughs> I do not understand making someone's job harder. Uh-huh. And uh, on Saturday, I went to the grocery store. And since things started reopening, like everybody and their mother was there and their carts in parking spaces and shoved in planners. And I'm getting angry. And oh, I just feel just, oh, I don't like that. And uh, as I'm masking up and getting ready to get out of my car, I see a young man, maybe 16, 17 years old, walk away from his mother's car and start collecting the carts. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's so much kindness in that Mm -hmm. and um, the consideration that, you know, what, if you can do something, no matter how small, it's Mm -hmm. still a big act of kindness. Mm -hmm. And, you know, to see, you know, a teenager who's, you know, probably on his phone, maybe even yelling at his mom in the car, who knows? But to, mm-hmm. to take this action, mm-hmm. um, just, it was, it was a light in the day and an outward and visible sign of God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love that. God in the cart collection. So <laughs> I like that. True, yeah. Um, awesome. Thank you, Alex, for sharing that. Um, and we hope that you all would share with us some of your stories of seeing God in the week. And we also want to hear about your uh, reflections and conversations uh, from this week of faith discussion. Uh, we'd love to hear what uh, jumped out to you from the gospel reading, any questions or comments or stories you have from your week. You can email us, faith2go at edsd.org. You can also contact us through our website where you'll also find all of the faith to go resources every week, www.myfaith2go.org. And you can also contact us through and follow us on Instagram at faith to go So now we're going to transition seamlessly into the gospel <laughs> and uh, our discussion about the gospel. So we're going to ta- be talking about um, the gospel for proper uh, 19, as I said, uh, Matthew 18, 21 to 35. Charlotte is going to read it. And then we're each going to take some time to highlight one point from the gospel we hope you take into your week of faith discussion and reflection. Then Peter came and said to him, Lord, if another member of the church sins against me, how often should I forgive? As many as seven times? Jesus said to him, not seven times, but I tell you, 77 times. For this reason, the kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who wishes to settle accounts with his slaves. When he began the reckoning, one who owed him 10,000 talents was brought to him. And as he could not pay, his Lord ordered him to be sold, together with his wife and children and all his possessions and payment to be made. So the slave fell on his knees before him, saying, Have patience with me, and I will pay you everything. And out of pity for him, the Lord of the slave released him and forgave him the debt. 
But that same slave, as he went out, came upon one of his fellow slaves who owed him a hundred denarii and seized him by the throat. He said, pay what you owe. Then his fellow slave fell down and pleaded with him, have patience with me and I will pay you. But he refused. Then he went and threw him into prison until he would pay the debt. When his fellow slaves saw what had happened, they were greatly distressed and they went and reported to their Lord all that had taken place. Then his Lord summoned him and said, you wicked slave, I forgave you all that debt because you pleaded with me. Should you not have had mercy on your fellow slave as I had mercy on you? And in anger, his Lord handed him over to be tortured until he would pay his entire debt. So my heavenly father will so do to every one of you if you do not forgive your brother or sister from your heart. All right. Thank you, Charlotte. Uh, okay, so we are right at the end of chapter 18 here. Uh, just for some context, we are following immediately after the gospel from last week. So um, I think that that's really all the context we need in terms of where we are in the gospel. I think maybe highlighting some of these um, numbers it, what might be helpful. Uh, just in the context of the parable. So the this king in this parable is forgiving uh, this person 10,000 talents worth of debt. And a talent is 15 years wages. So the king is, is forgiving 150 years worth of wages for 150,000 years of wages for this person. So it's supposed to be like, an infinite amount of money, like an un, an, an un, unachievable, un, right? Like mm-hmm. you could, you could never get out of this debt in your life. Um, it's thought we're talking about like billions and billi- billions of dollars, right? And then this, the debt that that person then is unwilling to forgive is a hundred denarii, which a denarii is like a day's worth of wages. So it's like a hundred days of wages. Okay, so it's like 150,000 years of wages versus 100 days of wages, not even a year's wages, right? So, yeah, so that's the that's kind of the context. Um, and Charlotte has the first point, so she'll kick off our points. I do, and I'm going to go right back to the math, but I'm going to come at the math from a direction of how it challenges us, um, and specifically, I think, how it challenges me. Um, And that's in this first section that we hear. Then Peter came and said to him, Lord, if another member of the church sins against me, how often should I forgive? As many as seven times? Jesus said to him, not seven times, but I tell you 77 times. And that's a lot of times. And I will be honest, I work with children and forgiveness is one of those things that is incredibly difficult to teach. and incredibly difficult to learn. Um, It's very easy to forgive small transgressions, eating the last cookie, um, taking something out of the fridge without being asked, um, not showing up for an appointment that we were supposed to have. Those are really easy things to forgive. But in our lives, we're faced with things that are much bigger than that. Um, And Also, I think one of the challenges for me is forgiving when nobody says they're sorry. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's kind of where I'm coming into this, I think. And I want to share a story, which 
sounds a little bit comical, but for me, this entire parable resonates with it in every sense of that. And that was about four years ago. Um, I was here at Christ Church where I happen to be today. And it was a day that school was in session. I had chapel followed by spiritual nurture, which meant I was busy from 7 a.m. to 11 a.m. and would not have looked at my phone at all during that time. So while I was here working for Jesus, something else was transpiring with my family. And that was that someone had posted a picture of this dog on one of our local yard sale sites and said that it was a friend's dog and would someone please take him? Because if they didn't, he was going to a shelter that happened to be a kill shelter that day. Mm. My daughter saw the post. She contacted my husband before I can even get done with my classes. This dog is coming to my house. Mm. <laughs> so Jasper comes to my house and ends up living with us. And he is mostly husky, just to, to name that out loud, mostly husky, which means he sheds um, and he has a lot of energy. Those are both character traits of a husky dog. Um, Jasper has other issues though, too. He had not a great growing up experience. He lived in a small studio apartment with someone that wasn't home very much, and he was destructive. Um, in the first three months that I that we had Jasper, he ate two couches, three rugs, a chair, the bottom of my dining room table, and pulled one of my Who records off of the shelf and destroyed it in the first three months. And there was this continual expectation of me when I came home and I was the first person in the door of what did he wreck today? Mm -hmm. What happened today? Right? Like what, what, on earth could this be? And my anger and my frustration, it built over and over again. And each day I would come in and I would scold him and I would spray the furniture with bitter apple spray. And I would, you know, just my head was about to pop off and spin around over this dog that was well past his 77 times of misbehaving. Mm -hmm. And yet every mm -hmm. single day when I came through that door, I had to decide if I was going to be angry or if I was going to forgive him. And I would love to tell you that my own personal behavior reflected forgiveness each and every day, but that wouldn't be honest. Um, it was a frustrating experience. It was a hard experience. It, it changed me in many ways. Um, Jasper still lives with us. He's four and he has not eaten anything in a year and a half. Um, some of that is because he aged and grew out of behavior. Some of that is because we put other mechanisms in place to help him be successful mm -hmm. um, in our family. But what I realized in that relationship with Jasper, which is a dog and not a human, and yet relatable, I think, was that forgiving Jasper wasn't about his behavior. It was about mine. It was about how I wanted to walk through this world, how I wanted to be in relationship with others and how I wanted to be in relationship with myself. I couldn't control what he did or didn't do. I couldn't ask him to say that he was sorry. All I could decide was who I am as a person and who I'm called to be as a person. And that required reshaping and reframing how I interacted with Jasper. And I would go so far as to say that that relationship with Jasper has changed how I relate with other human beings. 
Um, I am more apt to be able to forgive and move past things because I realize how being angry and hurt about them affects me as a person. Mm -hmm. And I think that there is definitely that message in this first section of the gospel. We are called to forgive seven times or 77 times or 490 times or a million times because that act of forgiveness changes us. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I, I, that I think that is like a good transition to my point because I I'm interested in like the interplay that Jesus is showing here both in last week and this week because last week he talked about he talked about he used this language that whatever you know we whatever is bound on earth will be bound in heaven whatever is loosed on earth will be loosed in heaven there's like he's trying to tie together that our actions really matter like on a cosmic kind of level not like and I think it's more than whatever you do now, you're going to pay for it later. I think it's really like ha- all happening right at this moment. You know, like mm-hmm. we carry, we carry in our imago dei, you know, like in our, in our connection to God, we carry God with us in our actions. And, and I think that what I see here is like in this parable, uh, Jesus in in this teaching on forgiveness, and I think in a lot of different teachings on forgiveness, even in like the Lord's Prayer uh, earlier in Matthew that he teaches, is like our our forgiveness and God's forgiveness are not two separate things. There there is a like a in there is a a cosmic interplay between these two things that like we can't separate out uh, God forgive God's forgiveness and our forgiveness of one another. So that we are like the vehicles by which God forgive God's forgiveness moves in the world so we have real responsibility for one another to forgive uh and and that that for the interplay then is also about forgiving and being forgiven uh that that like in this parable this person is forgiven this massive debt at the beginning and then at the end that that kind of forgiveness is it, it's like removed it's like it doesn't actually get to stick because in between this person is unable to forgive other people and and i think about this on like a very experiential level that like that there is this interplay between repenting and being forgiven and forgiving that if we are unable to forgive others our feelings of being forgiven aren't aren't real almost like we're not we they're not gonna kind of like take root and heal in us we won't feel released if we aren't able to release other people you know and so there and it really is kind of just like another pointer from jesus about our our interconnectedness that it really does matter how we treat one another you know it really does matter on a really big like creation wide scale how we are able to translate our feelings of having compassion given to us and then that us being a vehicle for other people's compassion as well you know so like it's almost like we receive forgiveness and then pass it along forgiveness you know it's like this Mm -hmm. again it's like a flow of this spiritual resource that jesus is inviting people to and he's saying if it's getting stuck somewhere then that is going to be really painful because that to me is what the what it means to be like tortured in the end. You know, it's not yes. It's not like God is going to punish you eventually for not having forgiven. It's like 
in the moment that you have received forgiveness and then refused to forgive another person, the original feeling, it's, it's like it never actually, you, would, you never actually experience that original forgiveness because you, if you haven't received it, uh, if you've really received it, then you'll be able to pass it on. Um, but if you're unwilling to pass it on, then it's going to continue to burn you up inside because you haven't really <laughs> released that feeling. You haven't released the feeling of, um, of having done something to somebody else and being and having been forgiven. So it's, it's really, to me, like so much about the individual experience that Jesus is trying to, to prod us to think about how we relate to one another, how we relate to ourselves and that God is there in our relationships, not as like an outside entity forgiving, but moving in our forgiveness to one another. Mm-hmm. So I think, Alex, then you have the last point. The <laughs> well, the I, I love this. Um, the, the thinking about personal forgiveness on, on both sides and and the the wellness that that comes with forgiving others um there's still some hurts and and angers and frustration around um certain things in the world right now um social injustices systemic racism um you know violence against women um i i I don't want to get too too political (laughs) i'm showing some personal restraint here Mm -hmm. um you know what we see uh on social media things Mm -hmm. like that how do how do we forgive these things that are seemingly beyond our grasp how do we forgive uh you know the murders of brianna taylor Mm -hmm. um how do we not sit in anger and frustration, uh, especially the, the world that we're in right now between um, quarantine, um, denial of science, uh-huh. <laughs> um, all the, the violence that, that's going on. One of my fears during this time has been that I feel like my capacity for compassion is being diminished um, because it is so easy to feel angry and at people, you know, people at bars make me angry, like hostile, (laughs) but can I walk up to them and and wag my finger at them and and say, you shouldn't do this? You know, how do we say you need to care about other people? Um, That feels impossible sometimes in these times. Um, and I, I hadn't mentioned this earlier, but one of the things that um, I was thinking about while listening to both of you, uh, how do we forgive certain atrocities? Um, we have a dear, dear friend. Uh, her name is Rose Schindler. She is a Holocaust survivor. Um, she's survived Auschwitz. And she has gone on to build an incredible life. And the, she isn't just resilient, but it's the actions that she takes. She is a prominent educator uh, 
for Holocaust education. This, I, I can't wrap my head around everything that she experienced, um, but she has found peace in her life and in her heart and with God. I, I have asked her, you know, how angry were you at God? And she, she was. So how does she reconcile all of these things? And tying that into what do we do about all of the social injustice we see in the world, she's a perfect example. Yeah. She is not just a bystander. She does what she can. And it's through education. It's through communication. Um, it's through her bold honesty and, and also her vulnerability. Um, there are many Holocaust survivors who won't talk about their experience. I mean, they've been through something so deeply traumatic. Um, so I, I, I can't measure the amount of strength and fortitude of character to continue to share this story and relive different horrors. Um, but to come to a place of grace and forgiveness in her heart. So that tells me that there are things to do, mm-hmm. whether it's, it's marching or voting, you know, mm-hmm. donating to the groups that are taking action that, you know, I'm not a lawyer, so I'm going to donate to the ACLU. Um, these are the, the things that give me hope mm-hmm. and seeing other people take similar actions that I find inspiring and uh, keep me from falling too far into the pit of, you know, what's going to become of all of this. Mm-hmm. Um, right. Well, that's three points that we've made. I know. I know. It was a big conversation. It was a big conversation yeah. for 150, David. <laughs> the 150th time we've made three points. So that's 400. Mm-hmm. 50 points that we've made. There's so much math. I know. Oh my God. There's a lot of math going on. Again, I was told there would be no math. Right. It was all a lie. We lied. It was all a lie. (laughs) We need to repent of this. Um, So to recap, uh, point number one was Charlotte's and it was about uh, the importance of being able to forgive even when there is no kind of repentance coming from the other side, that it's important on a personal level for, for us individually to be able to release whatever we can release, regardless of the situation. Uh, and and then mine kind of followed from that, and it was about this interplay of our forgiveness and God's forgiveness, that we can't t- separate these two things, but that there's this interplay of us being like the vehicle by which God forgives that our forgiveness to others is God is God's forgiveness to others and that we can't separate our being forgiven and being and feeling that release from our ability to release other people. Like we are bounding our binding ourselves uh, and can, and keeping ourselves bound when we are unable to forgive others. And then um, Alex's was third and it was about kind of, our, our moment right now of, you know, what does forgiveness look like on this kind of institutional, national, communal level uh, and taking Jesus's words from last week's gospel and this week's gospel and saying it's, it's highly, it's heavily relational and, you know, it's not about um, pretending like there's nothing wrong, but continuing to 
push and push and push and call out what has happened and the wrongs that have been done, regardless of how what the response is to continue to fight for justice. That there is it's possible to release resentment and continue to fight for justice and equality, uh, and that that is a, a healing experience and helps us keep going. So, having heard that discussion, we invite you to read that gospel one more time uh, and see if anything jumps out um, from the points that we've made. We would love to hear from you if you'd like to share any uh, any interesting ideas you, that came to you uh, in this week of faith discussion or reflection. You can share any cu- questions or comments or stories from your week. You can email us, faithtogo at edsd.org. You can contact us through our website, www.myfaithtogo.org. And you can contact us or follow us on Instagram at faith2go. And that's it. We, we pretty much that's did it. it. 150 <laughs> times. Thank you, Alex. Thank you, Alex, for being here. Thank and you being so a wonderful guest. Me. Yeah. Yes. Um, well, um, thank you so, so much for having me. Yeah. I, I love the work that both of you are, are doing. So thanks. thank you for praying with your feet. Thanks. Taking the action. Yeah. So go check out Camp Stevens. Go up there. Sign up for a weekend. Uh, read this gospel. You know, email us. We love you all. We will see you again next week. We won't see you again next week. You'll hear us next week. It's a podcast. (laughs) And until next time, we say goodbye. Goodbye, everybody. Bye, everybody.